It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Cougars. Welcome into a Thursday edition of the podcast. And thank you for making us your first listen of the day. Plenty to get to ahead on this edition of the show. We catch up with former BYU star Jim Herman. Of course, Gordon Hudson passing away and that news breaking yesterday. I'd heard rumors of it over the weekend and very sad news. But one of his former teammates, Jim Herman, reflects on his life and legacy and what it means to him to have played alongside one of many college football Hall of Famers in a BYU uniform. We'll let you hear from Jim. We'll also talk about the latest when it comes to BYU's quarterback situation heading in to Saturday's matchup with Boise State and of course we'll catch you guys up on everything else you need to know as a BYU fan. Women's soccer absolutely running roughshod at Southfield. We'll also update you where you can find other teams in action here on this Thursday. So without further ado let's dive on in. This is the Locked On Cougars podcast for October 7th 2021. What's up, my friends? I'm Jake Hatch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah, as the executive producer of DJ and PK in the morning. And a big thank you for joining us and making us your first listen of the day every single day. Our goal here, as I am fond of saying, and it has become kind of a, a tagline on social media, is we aim to make you guys the smartest BYU fans in the room. So a big thank you for all of your support of the podcast, as always. Always a quick request for you guys, if you don't mind, please make sure that you guys leave us a rating and review, especially if you happen to listen to us on Apple Podcasts. Been slacking in that department recently, have not seen many ratings and reviews coming in. So if you don't mind, if you haven't done so already, please leave us a rating and review, of course, five stars only if you don't mind on the rating. But say whatever you want to say in the comments section. Let us know what you think of the show and a big thank you in advance for doing that. Now, let's dive into the actual guts of today's show and let's talk about the quarterback situation for BYU. I have had many of you, uh, friends, family, whatever it might be, reach out to me this week and say, Jake, who is really starting at quarterback? And the answer I'm going to give you guys right now on the podcast is the exact answer I've given to everybody else I've, I've talked to with this about this week, and that is I don't know. And I'm not sure that BYU actually knows quite at this point. And I think that's evidenced by the answer we got from Aaron Roderick, BYU offensive coordinator last night, when asked about how reps have been divvied up this week for all of the quarterbacks. Well, here is the complete unedited version of Aaron's response to that question. Nobody's been ruled out. <laughs> um, Jacob, Jaron, Baylor, Soljay, all out there getting reps just like always. Um, we have a pretty good system here of giving everybody reps. But, uh, yeah, they're all – so far nobody's been ruled out. And um, I will say Jaron's closer than Baylor right now. But um, we're they're all – so far no, they haven't told me that anybody can't play. So, to recap, 
None of the three quarterbacks, speaking of Jaron Hall, Baylor Romney, and or Jacob Conover, has been ruled out. And of course, Jacob Conover, it would be a big revelation if he was dealing with an injury suddenly. So he obviously was the guy that was expected to be available all along. But good to hear that none of the other quarterbacks, speaking of Baylor Romney and Jaron Hall, have been ruled out as of yesterday. That's obviously Wednesday. Today will be the big determining day for both Jaron Hall and Baylor Romney. Coaches like Kalani Sitake, Bronco Mendenhall before him, if a player did not practice by Thursday, by and large, you could pretty much count them out of the upcoming game. So if those guys don't practice, they're probably not going to play. And also, as you heard Aaron Roderick say, Jaron Hall is closer than Blake, not Blake, Baylor Romney. I'm Blake Freeland. Why do I break Blake Freeland on my mind? But nonetheless, uh, It is going to be, I think, an interesting situation here. I truly believe this could go up as close to as game as as close to game time as BYU's coaches feel comfortable because I think they are going to give Jaron Hall and or Baylor Romney every opportunity to get themselves medically cleared, get themselves right to be able to play. I think that you likely are going to see a rotation of guys and the the starter like I said, may not be determined until Saturday morning. Plain and simple. It just may not shake out that way. You guys know that I talk to a lot of people inside that program, and right now there is all kinds of thoughts on who might ultimately be the guy, and I don't know what to make of it. So if I hear anything definitive that I am willing to vet with multiple people, multiple sources, if you will, I'll bring that to you guys on tomorrow's show when we do our preview of Boise State. But right now, I feel like any one of the three guys could be in line to get a start for BYU in this game on Saturday afternoon. Does Jacob Conover have what it takes to beat Boise State? Who knows? You won't ever know until you actually put him out there. But the one thing I do think that BYU can rely on in this game, whoever ends up at quarterback, is they can rely on running this down Boise State's throat. Boise State has an absolutely horrendous rush defense. BYU, Tyler Algier, Lopini Katoa, that BYU offensive line, they should absolutely be licking their chops thinking, you know what we're going to go do? We're going to do exactly what we did against Utah State. We're going to run this ball, run it again, and run it a third time if we have to to pick up that first down, and we are going to make their lives absolutely miserable at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. That's what I want to see from BYU. I want to see that mentality that they had previous uh, in some of these other games this year where they just go out there, dominate in the trenches, control the line of scrimmage, shove the Boise State defensive line five yards back off the snap, and Tyler Algier just gets to work and starts feasting, and Lopini Katoa and other running backs can come in and pick up where he leaves off. That's what I really, really think BYU should be focusing on, and obviously... We'll see how it all shakes out Saturday afternoon. I think the running game is going to be an absolutely critical cog to BYU winning this game, and it should be, plain and simple. It absolutely should be. So at this juncture, folks, I do not have any clarity on who the quarterback is going to be, and I truly believe that clarity may not become clear until we see who trots out there for the first snap on Saturday against the Broncos. All right, coming up here in just a moment, BYU, the greater Cougar family, lost one of the all-time legends in the program's history, Gordon Hudson, passing away at the age of 59. 
I figured there are people who know much better, much more and much better Gordon Hudson than I do. And I reached out to one of them and Jim Herman. You'll hear from Jim next on his memories of playing alongside the College Football Hall of Famer. We'll get to that in just a moment. Today's show is brought to you by our friends over at Sweatblock. I have talked to you guys about this in the past. I like to use the analogy of that whole Southwest want to get away moment. When you're pitting out and you're sweating uncontrollably, that's where sweat block comes in, folks. It's a doctor-created and doctor-recommended uh, clinical prescription strength wipe with antiperspirant that keeps you dry up to seven days per use. They offer a dry shirt guarantee. If it does not keep you dry, you actually will get your money back. It's been featured and tested on the Rachel Ray Show by firefighters, and it's been a bestseller on Amazon for the past decade, over 13 thousand Amazon reviews. There are thousands of people who have given this a shot. I would encourage you guys to make it part of your repertoire as well because it's absolutely phenomenal. It's kept me dry for multiple days in a row when I have used it myself. It's The goal is it's your little secret to confidence. You can wear what you want to wear and you're not going to sweat and make it look absolutely awful. It's the goal here, folks. Really, really simple. So you can go to sweatblock.com to learn more about it. While you're there, use the promo code Locked On and save yourself 20%. You also can order it on Amazon or get it at your local CVS pharmacy on the shelves there. But if you want to save that 20% off, go to sweatblock.com and use the promo code Locked On. Today's show is brought to you in part by our friends over at Elevate Fitness. Need to take a minute and talk to you guys about Rich Hart and his team over there at Elevate. They have been an absolute game changer for me personally. You guys have probably heard me talk about them in the past. I have lost over 45 pounds over the past eight months working with the guys over there at Elevate Fitness. What I learned about when I first met with them was what insulin and insulin resistance, how critical it is in the weight loss journey, folks. If you can get rid of insulin resistance, you're going to be healthier. You're going to look better. You're going to absolutely feel better. It's just it, there's so many things that are wrapped up in this very simple concept. And the simplicity of the system that Elevate Fitness and Insulin IQ teaches is what I love about it, folks. It has made it very simple for me and my weight loss journey. Well, it's been remarkable, plain and simple. I had tried multiple things over the past decade or so to keep my weight under control. None of them stuck. This one has stuck. Eight months in, I'm down 45 pounds, but more importantly, I'm as healthy as I have been in more than a decade, and I feel better than I have been. I feel better than I have in many, many years as well. So if you want to learn more, go to insuliniq.com elevate. While you're there, you can learn more about the system and what insulin resistance does for you. You also can schedule a consultation with Rich or one of the members of his team to learn more about their system. And the best part is that initial consultation, completely free with no obligation beyond that. I'm telling you folks, it's been life-changing for me. I hope it'll do the same for you. So reach out to them now. That's insuliniq.com slash elevate, insuliniq.com slash elevate. Make sure to tell them that Locked On Cougars and Jay Catch sent you when you stop by. Thank you for making Locked On Cougars your first listen every single day. We are free and available on all platforms out there and soon to come on YouTube, so stay tuned for that. But a thank you once again for joining us. Now I want to talk about the departure or the loss of one of the all-time legends in BYU football. That is the three-time All-American himself, Gordon Hudson, passing away at the age of 59, according to the obituary submitted to the Deseret News from Natural Causes in California, recently and this is a big loss folks 
Many of you are probably too young to remember Gordon Hudson. I'll be frank, I was not alive when Gordon Hudson was playing at BYU. In fact, his pro career was over before I was born. His last year playing for the Seattle Seahawks as part of the NFL was in 1986. But what I can tell you guys is I have a grandfather and a father who have mentioned multiple times how great Gordon Hudson was. A three-time All-American, two of those years, his junior and senior years, a consensus All-American, he was an absolutely legendary figure for BYU and in the sport of college football. In many ways, he was kind of a forerunner to what the modern tight end looks like, and that's why I'm going to bring in a guy who knows a whole lot more about Gordon Hudson because he played with the man, and that's Jim Herman. Jim, thank you for making some time for us here on Locked On Cougars. How are you, sir? I'm well. I'm well. I'm. Uh, I wish we'd be talking under better circumstances, but outside of that, things are great. Yeah, uh, obviously, very sad news. One of your compatriots at BYU, a two-time, uh, excuse me, three-time All-American, Gordon Hudson, passing away at the age of 59. Uh, I guess we'll start here. What was your reaction when you heard the news that he had passed away? You know, it was crazy. I played in a golf tournament on Monday, the National Football Foundation Golf Tournament, and. The rumor had come up. We, I was with a couple of players, and they said, did, did you hear Gordon Hudson died? And I said, I heard, and someone at Sunday night had, had told me the same thing. So, I, of course, what all people do, I did a quick Google search, and there was another Gordon Hudson, a 85-year-old gentleman who was like a, you know, a war veteran. I saw a picture. It said Gordon Hudson passed away, and then I saw a little blurb on Reddit or somewhere said, it's not the BYU football player. It's a different Gordon Hudson. So I thought, okay, good. Glad we cleared that up. So there must have been some confusion. And and then Monday I heard it again, and we were trying to get clarity. And then obviously, uh, you know, yesterday, and then was you know I got kind of confirmation. And then again this morning. So um, that's a long-winded answer, but yeah, I didn't want to believe it when I first heard it, and I was hopeful it was uh, an 85-year-old gentleman who lived a long life, and unfortunately, it was uh, was my teammate. Well, and that's that's the thing about it is like the the two Gordon Hudsons passing away within literal days of one another. That the chances of that are just kind of kind of bonkers in that respect. Right. Not not to make light yeah. of the situation in any way, shape, or form, but Gordon obviously was a legend at BYU. I have a grandfather and a father who talked and have raved about how good he was in uh, their minds. He is one of, if not the best tight end that's ever played for BYU. And as you well know, that's a position that's very rich with a rich legacy of some standout players. But what are your memories of playing with Gordon Hudson? Absolutely. I mean, Gordon and I were freshmen together. We actually, you know, in retrospect, had an outstanding freshman class. We had Bicicahima, Steve Young, Gordon Hudson, Todd Shell, Lee Johnson, um, and a whole bevy of others that I, I'm not naming, but we um, we were, you know, we had, some, we had a pretty talent-rich class, and I was actually recruited as a tight end um, and an outside linebacker, and so when I got here, you know, you kind of size up your other position, and, you know, I met Gordon, and he's like, are you playing tight end? And I said, I don't know. It's like defense or offense. I'm not sure which way I'm going here, and and, um, you know, we had quite a few. Clay Brown was there, and then Gordon and David Mills was also in my class who had a great career as a tight end at BYU. And, and um, I kind of saw an easier path to playing, quite frankly. But um, all, really all the way up to my senior year, Norm Chow was always like, come play tight end. I'm like, good heavens, coach. We got Gordon Hudson and Dave Mills. What, what am I doing? What am I going to do over there? But, um, yeah, Gordon was, 
just an amazing athlete. He and I were really good friends. Um, we we would play one on one basketball a lot. He he fancied himself as a Carl Malone type, you know, back it down and shoot it and kind of have an all around game. And so he and I had some great one on one battles that didn't always end on the friendliest of terms. But um, you know, it just was part of who Gordy was. Very very uh, competitive. Kind of had a um, a likable arrogance to him of just you know he knew he was a, a pretty good athlete and and he capitalized on that in some ways that I actually think that um, it's hard to say limited his development because he was a three time All American and is in the College Football Hall of Fame but things came really easy to Gordy he was he was just so athletic and such a pure receiver and such a pure athlete that um, you know hard work was something that he really didn't have to do. He just he just excelled as as being Gordon Hudson and just being a great athlete. So um that's that's obviously what I remember most is just what 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 a pure, unadulterated, athletic, unbelievable receiver he was at the tight end position. Well, and correct me if I'm wrong here, it seems like to me that Gordon is kind of the is one of the uh, well, I'm trying to say this, a forerunner to the modern tight end, for lack of a better term, because uh, tight ends back in that era, they weren't pass catchers, and he really revolutionized the position and it felt like in many ways. Would you agree with that assessment? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, obviously, Clay Brown came before Gordon, who was sure pretty dang good tight end himself. And so, um, you know, Doug Scoville and, and Norm Chow and the guys realized that um, you know, that was a position to be used and exploited and, you know, started with, with Clay in some regards, but Gordy took it to a whole nother level. And uh, yeah, without question, we, we kind of had that conversation the other day of just, you know, tight ends have gotten in, in a lot of ways. I mean, Gordon was a pretty big guy, but, you know, Travis Kelsey and some of these guys, just, they just keep getting bigger. Um, but, but certainly, Guys like you know Travis and, and some of these other unbelievable offensive weapons that are really playmakers at the tight end position, in my opinion, no question, Gordon was at the forefront of that. Um, certainly at the collegiate level, um, hence three-year All-American and his induction in the Collegiate Football Hall of Fame. Certainly wasn't because he was a blocker; um, it was because he kind of rewrote the the book when it came to tight ends and catching and yards after catch. I mean, he would not only was he smooth at the point of reception, but man, he was a great open field runner and just a, a real athlete that certainly transformed the tight end position back in the day into to, to something of, you know, what, what the modern tight end is for sure. What was he like? You mentioned he had a little bit of an arrogance to him as a, as a human being, but it seems like guys, they're in some ways different on the field versus how they are off the field. Was he about the same in both circumstances, or was he different? No, he was pretty much the same. Um, I mean, he, he married his high school sweetheart. He was kind of this soft-hearted guy in so many, so many ways, but he definitely um, was confident. He, he you know, and, and not really you know in an over annoying way he just he just he had that was definitely part of his personality and um and you know he was a good golfer he was a good athlete he was a good golfer he's a good basketball player he you know he was a he was a great football player i mean he he excelled at at being athletic and being the guy and 
Um, he was confident of that, and that was certainly part of his persona. And there's no question that you know emanated from him, but um, you know certainly not in a overly negative way. But without question, definitely part of his personality for sure. I guess last thing on the on the Gordon Hudson front for me is Jim. How would you want BYU fans to remember his legacy? Gosh, uh, you know, really, how you gave his introduction. I mean. Uh, for the people who didn't get to see him play, um, he was amazing. He really was. I know um, I, I have all the utmost respect for Dennis Pitta. I, I, I think Dennis is is close, um, really close to Gordon in, in ability and, and um, you know, being a, a maven at his position. But, you know, there's a lot of people that just weren't alive then and didn't have the pleasure to see Gordon really – um, be a significant part of the BYU offense, um, both as a team member and as an individual. He was just, uh, he, you know, like you said earlier, you both your grandfather and father will remember. He, <clears throat> he was amazing. He really was. Big, athletic, unbelievable guy that made all the catches <clears throat> and then could run like a deer afterwards and just fluid and, and uh, really was, uh, you know, was the eminent tight end of his day and hence the induction into the college football hall of fame. He, he personified that position in lots of ways. And, and from a, from a legacy standpoint, BYU deserves to be regarded as, um, you know, the, the top of the pyramid. He was, he was the man. He really was. I'd be remiss before I let you go to get your thoughts on the current iteration of this BYU team, five and zero, and they're sixteen and one in the last seventeen games. Uh, are you just uh, sitting back and feeling like the glory days are backing away here? You know, I don't know. The glory days were, gosh, we were in such an unbelievable position at the time, and in the sense of, you know, we just were doing things that other people weren't doing, which was throwing the ball and exploiting you know, defenses that weren't sophisticated at the, you know, certainly from handling a, a passing offensive standpoint and took advantage of that. And, you know, credit all the credit to the coaches of seeing, you know, how, a, a you know, a Mountain West team could compete nationally with all the big brands by, you know, developing an offense that could excel at, you know, in the college level at the time. And, and those were great days. I mean, they really were. I look back on it and, in Marvel in lots of ways. One, the talent that BYU is putting out at the time and two, the record that, that we really amassed um, is, you know, without question, um, you know, I've done the research, I've looked at all the data and there's no question winning is more fun than losing. And uh, I'm certainly enjoying that. I, I had the pleasure to coach Zach in high school and, and, you know, kind of was a little part of his recruitment and getting him to BYU. I was a big advocate for him down there for, Really, ever since, quite frankly, really, at the end of his sophomore year, I was talking to Kalani and, and the crew down there about, you know, might be the best quarterback coming out of the state. here, headed down the pike, and you guys should be on him. And so it was, it was fun to see him go down there and excel. Um, it was great to see what we did last year. Um, perfect storm of, you know, lots of people with lots of time on their hands watching college football and BYU um, knocking them off and winning. And, uh, and kind of really getting back to uh, feeling that if anything, what I feel like we're doing again is we have an offensive identity of being explosive and moving the ball and being, um, you know, having a somewhat balanced attack, but emphasizing the pass and 
kind of being true to our brand and our heritage. So that really excites me almost more than anything of just feeling like we're living up to our identity and living up to our DNA and who we are as a program. And then obviously with the winds coming, my gosh, it's, it's been fantastic. And what a great year. I mean, truly an unbelievably tough schedule. And to date, wow. I mean, you know, hats off to Kalani and the coaching staff and, and the players who just seem to be playing with a high level of energy and enthusiasm and, and winning. So no question as an alumni and as a fan, I'm, I'm thoroughly enjoying it. Well, Jim, appreciate you joining me on short notice. Uh, like I said, hopefully uh, next time we talk is under better circumstances, but we'll sit back and observe how things go this year and hopefully catch up with you as things progress, all right? Awesome. I appreciate it. And, and you know, seriously, you know, Kyle Morell's passing and Craig Garrick, who was uh, a fellow captain with me at the 1984 National Championship, he's passed away. Mark Allen, some other, you know, and there's plenty of others. It's really weird. I was talking to my wife about it. I mean, Gordon was just too young to pass and, and really had an unbelievable um, early life and career. And, you know, the old adage, man, in, in, you know, enjoy and make the most of your life. And it's just, uh, you know, I hope BYU fans remember Gordon for what he contributed to BYU football as a, as a, as a player and as a person. And, and, you know, have, and, you know, I hope people remember his place in, um, you know, what he contributed to the BYU athletic uh, football program specifically to help put it and, and make it um, a national, nationally recognized brand. So thanks for having me. I, I can't think of anything I'd like to do more than talk about one of my fellow teammates and especially one who's passed away. And, and hopefully people can remember him for, you know, for being the great player that he was. There you go. BYU 1984 National Championship team member Jim Herman, a team captain on that squad, and obviously a teammate and a friend of Gordon Hudson's. And Jim, we cannot thank him enough for taking that time. It was really good to get his insight on the life and legacy of Gordon Hudson. It's a loss, folks, plain and simple. I mean, you lose a college football Hall of Famer and one of the all-time greats and one of the great positions in BYU football history, yeah, there's an absolute loss out there. So our condolences, my condolences personally to the family and friends of Gordon Hudson, and may he rest in peace. All right, coming up here in just a moment, though, we'll wrap up today's show with some other notes involving BYU athletics you may not have caught earlier this week. Also, an update on how women's soccer did last night at Southfield and West Coast Conference action. We'll touch on all of that in just a few moments. Today's show is brought to you by our friends over at Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it is now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all of the parts you will need for your vehicle. Why would you endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questions and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing only the brands their warehouse happens to carry. You've got computers with access to Rock Auto at home and in your pocket, so you can do the research yourself. And the best part about Rock Auto, it's got a lot more options for you guys. Save time and money when using our friends over at Rock Auto. They're a family business. They've been serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. And of course, the prices are reliably low for every customer. For an example, a Honda Odyssey fuel pump is $353 for the chain store, just $216 from Rock Auto. They've got everything you could ever need. 
brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet, and anywhere in between any of those, they've got it all for you guys. Go explore their easy-to-use website today and find the solution for your auto part needs. Right now, I want you guys to go to rockauto.com and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Please make sure you write locked on in the how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. That's rockauto.com. One final time out on today's show to talk about our friends over at Bet Online. Of course, football season is in full swing right now, and Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. They've got a brand new updated website and interface with even more odds, props, and contests. Bet Online continues to be the number one source for everything football, but the best part about that, they got every sport under the sun covered for you guys in addition to football. Head to the website to check it out now. That's betonline.ag or use your mobile device to sign up and receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Do not forget to use the promo code Locked On to receive that bonus. Once again, a 50% welcome bonus with the promo code Locked On. From football to basketball to boxing, right down to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available from our friends at Bet Online, as they are the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. It's all courtesy of BetOnline.ag, where the game starts. All right, my friends, a couple of quick notes before we go on this edition of Locked On Cougars. want to congratulate BYU Women's Soccer on their 7-0 win over St. Mary's at Southfield. I mentioned in the Open they were running roughshod. Yes, seven goals. They just absolutely laid the wood to the St. Mary's Gales. And it kind of makes the loss to Utah State recently stand out. And just, it's weird because BYU in their past five wins, and this comes via Jerem Jordan over there, BYU TV and BYU Sports Nation. The Cougars have scored 34 goals in their last five wins. That is nearly an average of seven goals per game. They're now 7-3-1 and in on the season, 2-0 and in the West Coast Conference. They're 6-1 and overall at home. That one loss coming to Utah State stunningly enough in overtime, so credit to the Aggies. And by the way, Cameron Tucker scored four goals in this win. It ties the most in a game in BYU history. It's the most since 2005, so congratulations to Cameron Tucker in particular. I'm going to guess right now, she's probably going to be the heavy favorite to be the West Coast Conference Player of the Week next week. That's just my early prediction for it. And, of course, BYU Women's Soccer will be in action once again on Saturday. We'll have more for you guys on tomorrow's edition of the podcast for that. But two teams in action today. The BYU Women's Softball Program is part of their fall season. They'll be taking on UVU at Gale Miller Field. There'll be a live stream link you can get at BYUcougars.com. First pitch in that contest set for 5.30 p.m. Mountain Time. I do believe you actually can go out to that as well. It should be free admission out there at Gale Miller Field if you want to watch some fall softball. In addition to that, the BYU Women's Volleyball Team is back in action. The number nine ranked Cougars. They're inside the top 10 this week. They host Portland at the Smith Fieldhouse. Match is scheduled to begin at 7 o'clock Mountain Time on BYU TV. Also streaming on BYUtv.org and the BYU TV app. So check that out, guys. Support the Cougars no matter what your interest is interest is softball or volleyball they got you guys covered 
on the docket tonight. All right, that is going to do it for today's edition of the show. Once again, thank you for making this your first listen of the day. I want to encourage you guys now to get over and get all of the daily Big 12 news in less than 30 minutes with Big 12 expert Josh Neighbors on the Locked On Big 12 podcast. It is free and available on all platforms just like this one. Also, make sure to follow the show on social media, Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, at Locked On Cougars. And also make sure to reach out anytime via email, LockedOnBYU at gmail.com. And you know what I just realized? Literally, as I'm wrapping up today's show, I did not announce who is the winner of our tickets to the Boise State game. So let's get that out of the way right now. (laughs) I told you guys I would announce it on today's podcast. Oh, man, I am losing my mind. But nonetheless, thank you once again. And the ticket winner this week, and I got to say, you guys are quick on the trigger with this, by the way. Uh, I had responses. I woke up to four different responses. So you guys listen, you night owls. You guys stay up late, by the way, because I had uh, answers coming in uh, 1.33 a.m. Mountain Time, 1.37 a.m. Mountain Time, 2.02 a.m. Mountain Time. Man, you folks stay up late, apparently. Well, you know what? Mike Curtis... You were the first guy to get your answer in at 1.33 a.m. Mountain Time, and you actually nailed all four questions, and you are the winner of a pair of tickets to go watch BYU and Boise State square off. Uh, The answers, question one, in 2003, BYU's leading passer in yardage in that game, John Beck, was 4 of 8 for 64 yards. Question two, Andy Avalos, in 2004, the stat line he had against BYU, eight total tackles, four of them solo, two sacks, one and a half tackles for a loss, losing 10 yards, one pass breakup, and one sack safety for two points in a game that BYU lost by one point. Yes. Heartbreak City. No doubt about that in 2004. Question three. Taysom Hill's stat line in BYU's first ever win against Boise State. 27 of 41 passing. 339 yards. Three touchdowns. Two sacks. 159.45 efficiency rating. 18 carries for 76 yards gross and 69 net with one touchdown on the ground. Very comprehensive here, by the way, Mike. And then finally, question four. BYU's all-time leading passer in the series over their career in this Boise State series, Zach Wilson with 612 yards total. The all-time leading rusher is Taysom Hill, career with 189 yards. But as Mike Curtis notes, Tyler Algier will own that single game and the career records after this upcoming game, most likely. I would agree, because Algier currently at 123 yards, so he is within shouting distance and likely to pass Taysom Hill. But nonetheless, Mike, you have won those tickets. I will get in touch with you, get you those tickets, and hope you enjoy the game this Saturday out there at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. All right, now we're done. Have a great rest of your day whenever you hear this. This has been the Locked On Cougars podcast for October 7th, 2021, and we will catch you guys tomorrow. members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.